This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we get into today's episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wandry people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to the elders past and present and to the next generation we hope to create a different future for. The best career advice that you are not getting is to invest. Hello and welcome to Your Ingle Company's Founder Series. I am Maddie Guest and as always, I'm in some very good company with my co-host, my co-founder, Sophie Dicker. Hello. Hello, Mads. <laughs> We're back online again because you've left me and moved up to Sydney. So you're just a little face on my screen. I know. For those who have not tuned in to the last couple of weeks, firstly, you should definitely go back and listen. There have been some great episodes, but I have moved up to Sydney. Very exciting, but a little bit sad that we are back online. But I'm going to be seeing you actually very soon because I'm going to be coming up to Sydney in June on June 24th for the Vogue Code Summit. Yes, so exciting. And we do have to say a huge thank you to Vogue Codes as they are the sponsor of today's episode. So this summit is going to be featuring over 25 Australian and international female leaders where they will be discussing all the big ideas around their theme of the year, which is change for good. Yeah, it's going to be delving into the future of technology and its impact on society, including the environmental innovations that are making the world a better place, space exploration, the change makers of regional Australia and the transformation of media and e-commerce, plus much, much more. So exciting. But the tickets are very limited, so don't miss your chance to be there. All you have to do is visit vogue.com.au forward slash codes and use our code YIGC and you'll get 20% off your all access pass. But now on to the guest for today. I am so excited for this one. The founder of one of our favorite fashion brands at the moment, helping us look stylish and good, particularly at work, I would say. Lucy Henry Hicks, the founder of Dish. I love this brand. And honestly, I feel like Lucy is really relevant to the theme of change for good because she is changing my world wardrobe and business <laughs> strategy. And it is for good. <laughs> and it is for good. Lucy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. So Lucy, we want to get a little bit of insight to you as a person. And I think this is a telling question. What's your drink of choice? Oh, that's actually hard. <laughs> I feel like I'm either like water or wine. Oh, like, yeah. and there's like no in between. <laughs> and I feel like that says like a lot Jesus. about my personality. <laughs> 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 Do you have a go-to wine? Oh, I'm I'm definitely like on the natural wines at the moment and the, you know, biodynamic or organic, that definitely sort of helps with my hangovers. So, yeah, any like light red, natural red. Nice. Anything to help how you feel the next day is a yes from me. What is your favourite book and why? I, I think it would have to be... Um, Matthew McConaughey's Green Lights is probably, I mean, like such a cliche answer. Um, <laughs> and why is it in the front of my mind? Cause I reread it recently. Um, 
yeah, I just really, really like it. And I like it. Why? Because I think I sort of live, you know, I relate to a lot of, you know, his philosophies about life. I think I look for like those green lights, you know, as my sort of signals to go forward. So um, yeah, it was, it was just really, really good read, I felt. So if did you get me onto that? I've read it and I think it's because you told me to. I listened to the audio book yeah, because same. of his voice. So good. <laughs> My only strife with it is that he, he narrates in a really like he fast, like he uses a lot of what he call it phonetics. Like he goes really quick and then really slow and then really quick. He's like, you got to stay on your toes whilst <laughs> listening to it. Yeah, right. Okay. No, I just read, I read that. I mean, I've gone back to paper book, like or hardcovers rather, which I'm actually loving. So yeah, I've, um, I've stepped away from the audio books and I'm doing the old, the old school, like at night with the little reading light. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. You're a true mum now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I feel like that. And do you have a favourite social media account that you just love and you feel like should be shared? Oh, I feel like there's so many, isn't there? Um, is it shit you must know about? I need to double check that. Shit you should care about. Yeah, you should care about. Shit you should care about. I love that because I feel like it is always like so on the money in terms of what I should be caring about or just like great FYIs anything from, you know, like just topical, you know, conversations in society or, you know, actually like great, like hard pressing news. I've completely like cancelled all of my news apps at the moment. I'm like totally out of news, except for maybe a little like fin review read on the weekend. So I find that really helpful because I feel like, you know, anything I really need to know will come up on like Insta and then I don't need to read anything else. I love it. That is such a great one. Always very entertaining. So Lucy, you have spoken about in the past how in recent years, Dish has pivoted in sort of every aspect. So from brand to product mix and market position, but I would love if you could take us back. What did Dish look like in the early days? So Dish was originally a multi-brand retailer. So like now we would be described as like a fully vertical brand, which means that, you know, we design um, and produce all of our own product. And really within the dish brand now, it's, you know, all of our own, except for a few accessories and other, um, you know, brands that we we stock to support our main range. But in the early days, we were a retailer. So we would, we stocked the best of Australian fashion brands or youth fashion brands. So that, you know, I don't know if you guys remember, but, you know, like at Mink Pink, One Teaspoon. All the classics. <laughs> yeah, like all the Australian fashion brands, all those fashion brands, so like Finders Keepers, Cameo. So it was really like a curation of brands. So, you know, at that point, that meant that, you know, primarily the focus there was around like buying and now it's a lot more about like designing. And you co-founded the business with your mum? Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, yeah. She started the first store when I was still in high school and then I joined her a few years later and at that point there was one store and then we sort of grew the brand um, or sorry the business together from there so I think when we parted ways we had 10 stores in Queensland we had an online store so yeah we we sort of worked together for a good I'd say like 12 years building the business together That's so interesting because I feel like I came across Dish only a couple of years ago it really took off you know, particularly with like, say my friends when it was that, when it was the online platform. And I think you were selling your own brand at that point. And it kind of like slowly crept into my social media. When did the whole pivot happen? How long ago was that? I was about 2019. So what are we now? 2023? Yes. About three, four years ago now, you know, at that point it was really a question for me as to whether I was going to take the dish brand forward or the dish business forward and transform that into something that, you know, felt more aligned with my own vision or whether I was going to start again. And at the time it just made sense to 
take what we had built together and really like pivot that and transform that into something different. I think like arguably looking back now, it could even be easier to start again in a lot of ways. Um, I think sometimes it's really difficult to sort of, you know, completely redirect a business in what is now a completely opposite direction. But I'm really grateful that we were able to sort of do that and the customer came with us on that journey. Um, And then obviously now we've been able to scale and we've had the opportunity to, you know, introduce many more customers around Australia to the brand. And I guess like yourself, probably customers that have, you know, no no concept or no um, idea of the history. You touched on then how you had a very strong vision for what you wanted Dish to be. What was that vision? How would you describe it? I would say for me, you know, like a core value of mine is authenticity. I think for me, I, you know, and especially, I guess, like just reflecting on what it takes to build a business and what it takes to build a brand, you know, you put your absolute heart and soul into it. And I think, you know, and what that translates to being in hours is like pretty much your life. Um, and there's a lot of sacrifices that go in into building a business. Um, so for me, it was, I, it had to be something that I felt really strongly aligned with um, personally. I think firstly on a creative level, I think aesthetically, I need to, you know, sell product or endorse product that I want to wear that I feel strongly for. And then I think secondly, from a values perspective, I think building a business that really aligns with my values personally. And, you know, we do a lot um, in the areas of female empowerment, sustainability, um, you know, that is a really core driver for me. My purpose, I think, you know, here on this earth is I hope that I can leave you know, a legacy and and leave this world a better place than when, you know, before I came into it. And I think through business, we had the opportunity to be able to do that. So it was really about, you know, being able to, you know, build a brand around, you know, what I felt really strongly for creatively and and, um, from a purpose perspective. I think a lot of consumers have like really latched on to what you touched on, like that authenticity of the brand, because Dish, particularly in Australia, has grown in popularity over the past couple of years. But are there any other ways that you've really differentiated the brand compared to other fashion retailers in the market? I think from a, um, a product perspective, if we're talking like just purely in the industry, I'd say like our strategy is around, you know, we sort of have three pillars there. I think it's around like style, price and accessibility. Our mission is around bringing attainable luxury or bringing luxury to the, to the mass market that is style, you know, like why can't we all look, you know, fabulous and bring some of that luxury look um, into our wardrobes. Um, Price is a huge thing, I think, like why does that need to be expensive? I think accessibility is around like speed and, you know, getting that product to her as quickly as we possibly can. And I think we really deeply understand um, our customer and, you know, what she wants, but also, you know, what else is going on in her world and in her life. And I think, you know, women are busier than they've ever been before. You know, we're juggling more than we've ever had, we've ever juggled before, you know, whether that's family, motherhood, work, study, you know, there's a lot going on. So, you know, if we can have really fast deliveries, if we can ensure that we can make that pathway to purchase really seamless for her. I think that also is a way that we've managed to, you know, separate ourselves in the market. You know, that's one of the things that I get feedback on all the time. It's like, you guys are so quick. You're so quick. Um, And I think that means a lot to our customer in this time. So I think definitely that. And then I think also, you know, on the other side of things, it is about being authentic. I think it's about being real. I think it's about standing for something. And I think um, we really, really, really try to do that, you know, in everything that we do. And I hope that comes through. I was about to say, I think as a consumer of Dish, it definitely does come through. Can you talk to us about how you've approached branding and marketing? 
Yeah. As a D2C brand or primarily D2C, and what I mean by that is obviously an online first brand, we are 80% online and, you know, that will always be the vast majority of the business. So, you know, in that case, from a marketing becomes really important. I think, you know, um, we would, you know, DTC brands spend a lot more on marketing than say, you know, brands that are retail brands that are made up more of storefronts. So content is king. Um, and I think that was really key to um, our ability to penetrate the market. I think getting that creative aesthetic right, um, really working really hard on that. And that's like everything from, you know, model to location to, you know, just overall like vibe. We had a very clear vision for that. Um, and, then I think what supports that obviously is then how do you amplify that content? So then you need to have a really, really, really strong um, digital marketing strategy um, and be really clear around which ecosystems your consumer is operating in and whether that's Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, making sure that you're putting your marketing budget in the right channels um, is also sort of key to that. So I think, you know, that's something that we've been working really hard on getting that formula right. And, you know, we have, we have, we've got that formula right now, I think. And and that's um, really been key. I distinctly remember a couple of years ago, I think it was before COVID, I was at a drinks for a girlfriend and I loved what she was wearing. And I was like, oh, where's your skirt from? I love that. And she was like, oh, this new brand dish. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool. Really like that. I'll check it out like another time. But then like the next day, I think my iPhone had obviously heard it and it like comes up. And I just remember like really beautiful photos. And I was like, oh, like that's that brand. It like really pulled me in. So I think on the photo front or on the content front, you've done very well as a brand because you definitely hooked me. (laughs) Oh, great. Thank you. (laughs) You mentioned that you are predominantly online, but now you're opening stores, even in Melbourne, you have the Chadston store. What's the strategy behind opening bricks and mortar stores, you know, during a time where it feels like the economy is kind of a little bit tense? Is that a conscious thing or was it timing? Yeah, I think, um, coming from a retail background and I think understanding stores and understanding the role that stores play in, you know, any retail business. Um, I believe really strongly in omnichannel retail. I think that, you know, stores really have a place in, you know, the entire um, brand experience. I think really, you know, we're all, everyone in the industry is talking about this this is the biggest debate. Like what, what happens to stores? What's the future of stores, mm-hmm. especially when online is, you know, growing in the way that it is. And I think, you know, stores will always have its place because people, you know, they want to experience, they want to feel, but I think really the objective of stores or the role of stores has changed. And it was once all about trade. It was about how many stores could I open and, you know, let's count the revenue that those stores bring into the P&L. Now it's a lot more about experience and connecting with customers in real life. And I think that's really what we believe in. So, you know, five or 10 years ago, if I was running this business, we'd probably be rolling out a lot more stores. I think now we're much more considered. And I think it's really about focusing on customer experience. So we'll continue to open stores, but they'll be, you know, really considered locations and, you know, thinking about how we can really give our customer an opportunity to feel who we are when they come into a store. It's so true. It becomes such an experience. And I guess it's just something that you can't, you can make really beautiful websites and you can do a lot on socials, but you can't actually create that real life experience you do get in a store. You rarely remember what people say, but you remember how people make you feel. Mm, You know, if you apply that in a business sense, I think you can, especially in in retail and fashion, like there's a lot 
It's a lot about feeling. I love that quote. I feel like it's very inspiring for me. It sounds like things are just going so well at Dish, but coming up, Lucy is incredibly honest and candid and is going to be sharing what's going not so well and what has really made her question herself and the lessons that she has learned from it. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. It sounds like everything's going incredibly at Dish, really, but obviously you're a business owner and that comes with sacrifice and challenging times as well. Can you share with us maybe a challenging moment in your journey that you've had thus far and kind of what you've taken away from it? Yeah, I I, th- I think like like it's been a really hard couple of years for, for everyone in the industry. I think even if um, you were doing well from a, you know, revenue perspective, I just think the the amount of change, constant pivoting, uncertainty has really like burnt a lot of people out. I mean, there's been many hard times, but I think definitely probably the last, you know, two years in terms of the relentless relentlessness of it, um, I think that has been really challenging um, for everyone. And I know definitely I got to the end of last year and I was like, wow, you know, I'm tired. You'd make a plan, you'd change a plan, you'd make another plan, you'd change a plan, you know, shut lockdowns, um, logistics partners, no longer being able to fulfill the the story goes on. What did I learn from the last two years? I think just to really back yourself, I think um, it really is. I mean, business, I think, is as much a personal journey as it is a professional journey. I think, you know, really when things are tough, you know, what do you come back to? You've got to send to yourself. You've really got to get clear on why you're doing something. And then I think backing yourself to go forward, even if, you know, other people around you may not be doing that, or even if it seems like a really crazy idea, confidence is such a big thing in business. Um, and you need to be, you need to have your personal, uh, rituals, I think, to be cultivating that confidence all the time. Um, and I certainly, there's moments in that, in the last couple of years where, you know, I question myself, you know, you're feeling like, no one else is doing this. Should I be doing this? Is this mad? Um, and you'd have other people in the industry say to you, like, that's mad. Um, or you should be doing this. So you should be doing that. I think at the end of the day, you know, you could, all you can do is be you. Um, and you need to be able to, yeah, find that inner voice and, and back yourself. There's no doubt it has been a bit of a case of throw out the rule book over the last few years. I think, you know, all the things that we've been doing for decades haven't applied. I'm keen to hear a little bit more about 
how you think about balance when it comes to work and life. Is that even a thing? Does it exist? Um, And I guess bringing in the context of you being a new mum as well. Yeah, I think this is definitely something personally I've um, really battled with over the years. I think I definitely up until, I don't know, maybe three, four years ago, I, you know, naturally a perfectionist. I wanted everything, you know, to be perfect. I wanted to have this perfect amount of time to allocate to my friends, perfect amount of time to allocate to my family, to my partner, still being an amazing boss. You know, I had all these ideas around, you know, ticking all those boxes and um, I would find it very difficult when I would fall short of my own expectations. And, but the reality is like in a life like mine and like many others, if you're leading, you're going to fall short every single day. So you need to find peace with that. And I think reframing this idea around balance was really important for me and to really just kind of acknowledge life as, you know, seasons. And I know that can sound cliche because everyone's talking about that, but (laughs) I think there's a lot of truth in that. Um, And in this season right now for me, you know, um, what's important is, you know, my family and my business. What does that mean in terms of sacrifice? I'm a terrible friend. You know, there's a lot of things that I would like to do, you know, that perhaps, you know, are not an option. Um, Time is so precious um, and I don't have a lot of it. So sometimes I see my friends going away for, you know, weekends away all together um, in big groups and they have all their kids together and, you know, we're on the other side of the world with our baby and obviously doing amazing things because these are our choices. We want to be here. We're building the business. But, you know, sometimes that can be lonely too. And being able to just like go, you know, these are these are decisions that we're making. These are my priorities right now. And that's okay that, you know, these other things can't be a priority because there will be a time in my life where they can be. Um, and that's fine. It's the age old, like, don't compare yourself to anyone but it's like the hardest thing to do in the world (laughs) especially if you're a high achiever I think and I mean I'm sure you girls are no different I think we I think as women we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and I think we expect a lot from ourselves um and it feels like the world is getting faster and faster and so you know yeah it's 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 hard isn't it (laughs) both of our faces just there this is going to turn into like event session very quickly (laughs) sorry (laughs) dish participates in the um Encore, is it Encoreship? Yeah. Encoreship program. But for those who haven't heard of it before, can you give us an overview about what this is all about? It's a return to work program. So it's a three month paid internship. The idea around this, well, the candidates that are eligible to apply for this and who we're placing in these roles are women who have been out of the workforce for, you know, anywhere over five years. Um, You know, our target demographic really is probably sitting like 35 plus. The idea here is or the need here, I guess, um, was recognised by um, Tina, who's the CEO of Alpha H. This was her passion project that she got us all on board with, I think, maybe 2000. Um, and then, you know, we were one of the first, I think, five brands were in the first group. And now that's grown to, I think there's 30 maybe this year, which is quite incredible. It's amazing. So I wanted to definitely, yeah, just call her out for this because I just feel that she, um, you know, just such a great demonstration of leadership and, and really like seeing a need 
need and really like making it happen. But, you know, we often see, I think, women that are hugely qualified, have um, degrees, may have worked quite intensively in their 20s um, in building careers and then have some time away from the workplace to have children. Sometimes that can be, you know, up until their kids are ready to go to school. So that five-year time frame, that's where that sort of comes in. And then trying to re-enter after they've had such a significant time away is, you know, almost impossible. And I think we also see that from a recruitment perspective. It's very difficult, I guess, to consider someone, you know, the best fit for a role when they've had a gap of five years experience, when they're going up against, you know, people who are arguably younger than them who have had really current um, relevant experience for that role. So you can imagine how consistently they would be um, being overlooked. Um, And then without a circuit breaker to get them back in, once you've been rejected, you know, maybe let's say 10 times, 15 times, and these are the stories that, you know, we hear, like you can, their confidence is shot and, you know, and then it just becomes too hard. Um, And then often they, you know, decide to give up and, and perhaps, choose to, you know, give up on their career entirely or um, maybe take a role that's maybe less aligned with the level of their experience or or qualifications. So um, we're really, really passionate, obviously, about keeping women, you know, in work or giving them the choices um, to work if they choose. And this was a real need that we felt, you know, was really strongly, we felt really strongly for and something that we see all the time. So, um, yeah, we've just had some incredible um, women join our team in these placements and in some cases stay on with us, you know, thereafter. And, yeah, it's just been such a rewarding program to be a part of and something that we want to keep, you know, continuing to build. I love this so much. And I think for what would be such a common experience, it's just not something that we hear anywhere near enough about in terms of like what kind of support is available for women trying to return from parental leave. As a new mother yourself, how was your experience getting back to work? Going back to the question earlier around the toughest time that you've had in business, I would say Take this is my toughest time. Yeah, yeah. like in terms of season, um, everyone's experience is different. Everyone's pressures at that time are different. Um, I just found myself in a position where um, I was a new mum. So obviously mum for the first time. So I'm learning everything for the first time. That also coincided at a time where my business was growing very quickly and I am still very hands-on and very involved. So I think the pressure that you know, I felt or have felt in the last six months has probably been, yeah, greater than anything I've ever experienced. I've found it really, really tough. Um, And I share that not to dwell or, you know, I'm not looking for sympathy in that, but I just, you know, really want to be open with, I guess, the reality um, of, you know, trying to be a working mum, trying to be a working mum in a leadership position. Just some, I think some people have even said to me, and this kind of annoys me, but people have said, oh, you make it look easy. To that, I just like, no, like it's not easy at all. And so I guess, you know, coming back to my reason for being so open around that is because, you know, I, I get, there's a million other women in my same position and there is moments where you question like, why am I doing this? You know, but I think, you know why you're doing it. You just need to push through um, and it does get easier. Um, And I feel like seven months in, I'm like just seeing the light of that easier. So I'm like, yes. Getting there. They probably say that you make it look easy because they only see, you know, when you're in a, you have to be putting on this good mood and not behind the scenes when it's really hard. So it's a, yeah, throwaway comment really. It really is. Yeah. And I think, you know, Uh, you know, this is something I'm really passionate about personally. I feel like I have watched, um, this is, and this really is the backbone of why we 
we, I don't know if you saw, but International Women's Day, we launched our paid parental leave policy. And this is all around, you know, keeping women in work and allowing them to both have a career and be a parent. And this is something I feel really strongly for. I, um, it is really hard, but I think with the right support, it's absolutely possible. Um, and I think the right support needs to come from, you know, from organisations and then also from your village, which you need to build. But I, you know, I've had many friends that studied for like eight years and then got the job of their dreams and then made it to an amazing leadership position and then have to, and then had a child and, those challenges for returning to work just were so great that they had to give up on that. And that wasn't because that was what they wanted to do. It was just the level, the support wasn't there. So, you know, we're really passionate about how can we support women to be able to choose to return if if that's what she wants to do. I feel like a really common term that we're hearing a lot of at the moment is like ESG, generally environmental social governance. I feel like we've touched on your social side of the business and the incredible things that DISH are doing. On the environmental side, it's one of the topics that our our audience is most engaged with as consumers are increasingly becoming aware about, you know, their fashion choices and sustainability. How do you source materials for fashion products to ensure they kind of meet that that threshold for your company around sustainability? It's, it's definitely um, it's a great question and and definitely you know so important in the industry and something that's you know definitely top of of mind in you know internally but also externally in all the conversations that we're having. It's complex. There's I think everyone's really just starting out in a lot of ways. Um, and what I mean by that is there's a lot of materials out there that are sustainable. And then there's a lot of, you know, areas, um, certainly within fashion and within fabrications that there isn't sustainable options available yet, but they are being made and they are being, you know, created. So what we've done is we brought on a third party, um, consulting agency who specialize in, um, helping businesses create a roadmap to become as sustainable as, you know, you choose to be. And that's really around, they sit and they talk to you and we, we set goals and we say like, this is, you know, where we want to be in three years, this is where we want to be in five years. And they help walk you through communicating with your suppliers, understanding fabrics at a deeper um, level. They help you ask the right questions of logistics suppliers around what footprint they're leaving um, on the planet, you know, when they are helping us fulfill our orders to to customers you know we're talking about energy efficiencies and really every aspect of the business um the key here is really partnering with people who know more um and you know expecting the journey to be long but um you know just working through it bit by bit and that's what we're doing I feel like it's um, going to be the one of the most exciting things in the coming years watching what kind of technology is produced that will you know, create sustainable alternatives. But I'm just like picturing in like 50 years time, like what are we going to be wearing? (laughs) Absolutely. And I mean, like the people that are coming up with some of these ideas are just like, you know, so innovative, so intelligent. Like, yeah, it's, it is quite amazing. And it's, and it is really exciting to see, you know, where fashion will go. And I think where like consumerism as a whole will go, you know, um, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of changes. Lucy, if you could have one thing that you would know now about running a business when you first started, what would that have been? For me, I think I touched on it before. It's as much a personal journey as it is a professional journey. So the business will 
meet you where you're at as a leader. And what I mean by that is it will only grow as, as quickly or as, as deeply as you grow as a person. I think that's important to understand. You need to be working on yourself. You need to be working on, you know, understanding yourself, bettering yourself, a lot of personal development, a lot of personal growth in order to lead the business forward everyone's following you. So, you know, the values that you instill, the culture that you create, you know, the way in which you operate on a daily level that, you know, that, that tone is all set by you. I feel like I've never had that said to that question. Like what piece of advice would you give someone? And I actually really, I love that because it's so true. You're the leader. Lucy, imagine you were sitting here in 10 years saying that this has been a really successful 10 years for Dish. Can you give us some insight? What would that look like? It's to be a globally recognised brand. That's what we want to be. We want to walk down the street of Oxford Street in London and someone to be wearing one of our dresses. Um, we want to do the same in Soho in New York. We want to do the same in Melrose Ave in LA. Like that, um, that's the goal. Um, so that I would love to be sitting here in 10 years and saying that. <laughs> do you like when you see people wearing dish down the street, are you like, Hey, it's me. That's my friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I think you always I think you always feel you know proud. Like you can't you know you can't not. And I think especially when someone looks great, you're like, oh my gosh, you look so great. You know, um, it just on the last trip, I think we had a few of those moments in the US where we actually saw our product on the street um, on girls, and I think that like that was really exciting. We're like, wow, um, this little brand from Brisbane you know, has made it all the way over here. So yeah, I do get proud. Very, very cool. Well, Lucy, massive congrats. And thank you so much for joining us today. It has been so much fun chatting to you and hearing all about the story of Dish. Thank you guys for having me. It's been so nice. Another wonderful chat. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would absolutely love if you sent it to a friend or family member. It is one of the best ways to help us grow. If you've bought a dish product before, come on, Mm. you've got to send it to someone who's also bought a dish product. True. (laughs) Follow us on our Instagram and our TikTok at YIGC Podcast. And join almost 3,000 others in our Facebook group at YIGC Investing Podcast Discussion Group. Otherwise, you will hear from us next week. Catch you then. You have been listening to an Equity Mates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs, or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.